my name is Philip Whitchurch, and the character I played was uh, Cap uh, Captain Fredrickson, who was nicknamed Sweet William <laughs> in a supermarket in Chiswick. <laughs> no, actually, it was the director, Tom Clegg. Tom, I'd worked with Tom a couple of times before, and I saw him in, in Sainsbury and he said, what are you up to? And I said, um, why? He said, I want you to be in Sharp. <clears throat> he said, are you busy? And I was. <clears throat> I was doing a bill at the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I said, um, <clears throat> if I can get out of it, um, I'd love to do Sharp. And so technically I was supposed to be under contract to the bill, but I, I had a clause which said I could get out if something came up. So I made sure I was written out for six weeks, which was the gap I had if, if I was going to do sharp. And it just worked out brilliantly. So, uh, so um, it was one of those lovely jobs where you, do, you don't have to really do the meeting. Well, I did actually meet Tom later when he explained the character. And... Um, then I went out to the to the Crimea and, and did it and had an extraordinary time. I wouldn't say it was a brilliant time, but it was an extraordinary time. <laughs> I read the books that um, Sweet William was featured in and thought about it and thought, despite his appearance, he's obviously a very cultured man and an intelligent man. And I didn't want to go for the whole Germanic thing. So I, I sat back on the accent. And, um, you know, his character was, I think it was, he was a lawyer or he becomes a lawyer, but he's interested in the law. And actually, I'm remembering now these things. Um, but it was just, he was such an extraordinary character because physically he was so disfigured because of previous campaigns where he'd lost his teeth because of a, uh, a musket ball through his cheek and he had this horsehair wig which <laughs> and also he only had one eye so so physically he was a bit of a car crash um <laughs> and I, what i want i was kind of encumbered by a, a, a uniform a shako a wig a eye patch funny teeth so Really, at some point, like the photograph behind you, some of it I just discarded or discarded. I, I, I would make a, a token gesture towards the, the bits, but um, I felt I couldn't spend the whole day looking like that. And also to be somebody out in the, the wilds um, as a soldier, he, he probably would have worn the wig in the evening, you know what I mean? But the practicalities of something like that, I don't think it would have worked on a battlefield. So I discarded stuff. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I came about um, working out my way through him. Um, when I was first booked, I went out to the Crimea. And in those days, back in about, it was about 94, I think, um, it was a convoluted journey out there. So you would go via Moscow and then you get an internal flight down to the Crimea, to a place called Simferopol, uh, which was the capital of the Crimea. 
And so my first stint on, on, on Sharp was out in the Crimea, which is extraordinarily beautiful, weird place. Um, Simferopol was pretty bleak because you've got to remember this was just around the time of Perestroika and facilities out there were very, very basic. And so that's why I said, when I was saying earlier, saying about it was an extraordinary time. It wasn't the most enjoyable time in some ways because the facilities were very poor, very basic. And it wasn't like you could go out if you weren't working, you could go out and watch a film or go and have a coffee somewhere. There were no coffee bars, there were no restaurants, certainly for Westerners. So you're stuck in this crummy hotel and it was crummy because it was, it was huge, very grand, but very, very tired around the edges. Um, but then we got to go down to Yalta, which is beautiful. Absolutely. And the, that part of the Black Sea is beautiful. And some of the locations we went to were extraordinary. Um, and I loved it, but I was glad to get home to my wife and kids. Um, and then the next year, after that, I didn't really want to do any more, but I knew he probably would turn up. I, ho I hoped he would turn up. So the next year, I didn't go out. And I think the, the I mean, probably someone like Jason, or who was a, a, a regular on all the episodes, could tell you that the, uh, I think they had all kinds of problems with facilities and the, I think it was basically the Russian mafia, so they, they, the next time I was involved, we, we were in Turkey uh, in a place called Antalya. And, and then we went across to a place called Salifki. And again, that part of the Turkish coast, very beautiful. And again, extraordinary. Um, and then my final year, which was the next year, which is about 96, we were in a place called Adapazari, which they were filming Sharp's Waterloo there. And I had some exteriors to do. And then we we stayed around. Well, actually, we stayed around Adapazari for a while. And I can't remember. Then we went back down to Salifki. Uh, but it was great. I loved being in Turkey. It was much, because, you know, Turkey is a holiday venue. Um, but I have to say, my memories really are are of the Crimea in some ways, because it's such an extraordinary place to be. You're never going to go there on holiday. <laughs> Why would you? But it was an extraordinary place to be. So yeah, great, great, great venues. I haven't read, I mean, I did, I did a, I did a, a pod, not a podcast. I did a, a, a webinar with Jason, a couple of them where we, he was just interviewing characters from specific episodes. Um, so I did a couple of those and I knew he was he was about to have his book published, but I haven't read it yet. I'm hoping he'll send me a copy. <laughs> yeah, they all tend to blend into one. But I yeah, I, I remember I think I remember the last one more than any because I had a lot to do in the last one. And so I, I had a, you had a chance because he, he thinks he's in love with this woman who also is in love with Sharp. And he gets the wrong end of the stick and feels like Sharp's betrayed him. Um, I remember that. And so that was nice to do because there was a lot of emotional stuff to do, uh, apart from just the action stuff. But um, the action stuff is great because um, despite being so far away from home, 
the the stunt guys who were Russian and Ukrainian, I think, they were brilliant, fierce, ferocious drinkers, but they were very good and they looked after you. So in all the kind of fights and stuff, they were very good and the armory department was very good and you always felt safe, which I think is important for an actor because if you don't feel safe, you can't do your best work. I love them. <laughs> I particularly, you know, I love the my outfit particularly because it, it was so so stylish for its time. I mean, you look at it, you go completely impractical with all the adornments, but it was. I'm just looking at it now. I, um, I was a bit slimmer then as well, <laughs> so it, it looked it would look better on me then than it does on me now. <laughs> I wouldn't even get into it now. But um, the, the only thing I, I uh, it, it was such a, I mean, everybody I thought looked great in it. I mean, the women, the way they dressed the women, the way all the officers, and you know, the civilians, the way they were all dressed would look great. Um, I think the, uh, the only issue I had with the, um, uh, with the costumes really was, and I could see why, if you look at all the, like Sharp and Harper, they, none of them are wearing shackos. And I just think probably Sean took the lead on this or maybe Dara O'Malley did, but it's very difficult to look sexy in a shako. So <laughs> I think they all whipped them off. And I had, you know, I had a shako, a wig, an eye patch. I just felt you I was kind of trying to act through all this stuff. So I thought, well, if they're not going to wear a shako, I'm going to whip mine off as well. And while I'm at it, I'll whip the wig off. <laughs> so, so that, but I remember the, the, uh, the makeup truck and every day I had to go in, I had to have this scar put on my cheek. And I, I used to have, um, I had this opaque um, uh, lens, eye lens um, that I used to have to put in. And sometimes I'd have to have it in all day, which was really tricky because because you were outside all day, like the terrain you're looking at behind you, get a bit of dust behind the, the contact lens. And it was really painful. So I tended to carry it with me and put it in just before a shot. And it was the same with the teeth. You you then not speaking like this. And uh, <laughs> you couldn't keep it in all day. So you just whip it in before a shot. In fact, I've still got those teeth in my makeup box because <laughs> nobody else is going to need it because they, they were fitted for my mouth, you know. I thought Sean was brilliant, always an absolute consummate professional, um, just got on with it, really. And Dara was um, great fun. Um, he could be tricky, but I think... Um, I think that's to do with they've been out there a long time. I mean, I would come out and do six weeks. They'd be out there for three months, four months, you know, and every day you're having to get up and go through all that stuff. I, you know, in very difficult conditions, sometimes, sometimes you'd be halfway up a mountain and then, you know, the horses wouldn't behave properly or something wouldn't turn up or, you know, you'd have a problem with something or you're trying to be discussed a line and you'd realize that you're two hours behind schedule. And really all Tom wanted to do or, or Michael the first was get the shot in the can. 
and you know actors are talking about well my character I think you know it's all that stuff going on and so um I think you know the given the circumstances I think everybody generally behaved very well and I didn't I you know from my point of view I I think as somebody might disagree but I think I really liked everybody I was working with, you know, and I thought the crew were great. You had to be because otherwise you couldn't, you couldn't do it. You just couldn't do it. It was so challenging to try and shoot, you know, the English, you know, a, a UK company shooting a period drama out in those conditions for 12 months, three, two hour films. It's very challenging. You know, I mean, the Americans would have probably twice as big a budget if they were making something like that. Uh, and I think, given the the conditions, they did an extraordinary job. Well, I loved all the action stuff because I'm just a big kid, really. And, sorry, I'll just take the cat away. <laughs> and uh, of course, anything with a bit of meat emotionally, I always enjoyed. Like the standoff with there was a standoff with Sharp. When he realizes, I can't remember what it is, he realizes this woman doesn't love him. And he has this row with Sharp. Um, and as I say, all the, the action stuff, I, 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 yeah, I, that's all, you know, it's, it's difficult to pin down things because sometimes days go by. And if somebody said to you a week, a week later, what were you filming last week? I'd say, I haven't got a clue. Completely forgotten. You, you just get up every day and do your job. I hope you've learnt your lines and you can hit your marks and be a professional, really. But um, as it went on, particularly the last, the last um, series that I was in, really, really enjoyed it. I loved doing it. And, uh, and I, I'd like most of the people, I suppose, I hoped, you know... Um, Fredrickson would, ha would have had another life because at the end he goes back and studies law after Sharp. I think Sharp was court-martialed and he represents him in the court. I mean, that was shot in, in Greenwich in England and uh, we'd, we'd already finished all the location stuff in Turkey and we came back just to do that. And I thought, I hope he gets... Because he does, he does have other outings and other, other books, but um, I don't know, that wasn't up to me. I just got on with stuff. <laughs> oh, God, there's so many. Um, I mean, Jason, with his photographic memory and, and a facility for names, would tell you, I mean, this, I mean just, I always remember um, in the first episode I did when we were in with some wonderful, like Pete Postlethwaite and, and Tony Haygarth and, and uh, they were both now, sadly, not no longer with us. Just great actors, great personalities, great company. Uh, and Liz Hurley was out. And Liz Hurley would come down to breakfast in the morning in a pair of men's pyjamas, <laughs> turning heads left, right and centre. And I think one day she went for a walk in Simferopol, which was a very bleak, basic place in a very short skirt and, and kind of high-heeled shoes. And literally, guys were walking into lampposts, <laughs> st staring at her, because, she, you know, she's a very beautiful woman. And uh, 
I just, just I suppose remember that I, I remember you know um, remember Peter Peter Pete Pass on horseback up in the mountains in the middle and it seemed it was actually in a location that was mountainous. This was in in the in the in the in Crimea, but it was below sea level. It was the most extraordinary experience because you you felt like you were surrounded by mountains, but you were deep down in this um, this depression, and um, and all there were houses that were hewn out of rock. It was some some community lived there, medieval community, and they they literally hollowed out rocks, boulders, and lived in them. It was an extraordinary place, um, and just loved. I mean, one day we. We had to we had to go from Antalya to Salifke in Turkey, and John Tams, one of the chosen men, who also wrote the very gifted musician John, lovely guy, John and I, we decided we there was a coach that was going to take us from Antalya to Salifke, and it was about an eight hour journey. I didn't smoke, and it was at a time when everybody smoked everywhere. And I just thought I don't think I can take eight hours on a coach with everybody smoking. So we, John and I managed to blag late to, to Istanbul and then a, a, later in the day, another flight to Salifki or to uh, Alanya, where the airport was. So rather than spend eight hours in a coach, we had a kind of jolly where we flew to Istanbul, spent the day in Istanbul. And it was funny because it was in the winter, so it was snowing in Istanbul. We had a great day together and then we got the flight to Alanya and we saw everybody. They'd only just arrived and we'd, we'd had a little holiday. So <laughs> things like that were lovely. And I remember being in um, Salifki, uh, not Salifki, Adapazari, which was an extraordinary place. It was completely, you know, it was a Muslim city, no alcohol. Um, and I don't know who it was. It's probably Sean, it was probably Jason. They found a bar and the one day we had off, they found this one bar in Alanya that serves in Salifki, Adipazari that served alcohol. And we had the whole Sunday just drinking in this bar and having chicken and chips. And a year later, the same place was raised by an earthquake. So the hotel we stayed in, everywhere around the city that we were was completely flattened, literally a year later. So it was a very sobering thought, that really. But no, I had. I, I'm the only thing I can say about Sharp is there were lots of difficulties with it, and there was lots of things that annoyed a lot of people. But I'm really glad I did it because it was an extraordinary experience. As I always used to say Sharp was like the closest an English guy could get to being in a Western. You know, where like the bad guys were the the French, <laughs> the sheriff and the good guys <laughs> with the, the British army, you know, the English army. It was good fun, yeah. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, as they say. <laughs>